Hello, I'm back. When I stand before God, I'll have one thing to say to weigh against all the rest. I am Bonnie Prince Charlie. You are Bonnie Prince Charlie. We are Bonnie Prince Charlie. Lord, you gave me a rare podcast, and God, I fucked it well. It's Outlander, Season 2. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Dave. And I am Michael. And today we return to the Highlands. We all missed our big burly ginger boy, and he's back, baby. He's back, and so are we from the past to cover the second season. You can tell from our old clothes. Go on, sniff them. We're ready. We're here. Oh, yeah. We want it. Now, to prepare, we watched the middle of season one, and there's three things that I need to mention. Number one, how in all things that are holy did nobody ask about Colum? How? Dude is a fawn. He is the lower half of Tumnus from Chronicles of Narnia. I see, like sexual assault, that's okay. Playing with P, that's okay. All fair game. Asking about a deformity, out of line. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah, very surprised we didn't get any questions about him. Wild. Number two, it turns out that we were wrong about Wee Jamie being Mr. Fraser's penis. My apologies, Jenny. Nope, still is. And number three, Reddit user UT Climber had asked us for the first season, what did Claire rescue from a tree? Listen, UT Climber, I don't know what things are like where you're from, but pulling a dead baby from a tree is not rescuing it. Mm -hmm. It was still dead. You are a savage. That's all. That's all that I learned. Yeah, there were two things in season one that I felt like really blew my mind. The first one was that Claire was there when he got his hand nailed to the oh. table. I didn't see that happening. Horrific. Horrific. Yeah, that was almost rougher than the rape. Ugh. And the other thing I didn't see coming was that Galus was from the future. Introducing the fact that other people were from the future as well was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. We'll, we'll talk about it, obviously. Mm. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert when we talk about the finale. Yeah. Let me ask you this, David, though, before we dive in. Did you like the first season more now that you've watched it all or do you like it the same maybe a little bit more because there's a little bit more context i still feel like not reading the books i had some expectations about how they were going to mess with the time travel and stuff like that and i feel like that really didn't come into play a whole lot in the first season it almost feels like it came into play more in the second season even though we didn't watch all of it but even in the two episodes we watched on either end so i liked it maybe a little bit i think originally i gave it a three on center counts i might bump that up to like a four for season one all right and I guess we'll find out teaser about what you think for season two. Mm. And just real quick reminder, if you enjoy this episode and want to further the cause, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or even check out some other episodes and subscribe to the show. Regardless, though, thanks for listening. We love you forever. Yeah, you could even go back to the start of it all. Now, David, you know, obviously, we're, we watched only the first episode and only the last episode of season two. 
We're going to recap the ends, and we have a million questions. 100 million questions. 100 million from Reddit about the middle. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Yes. So Outlander, as we stated kind of in the last episode, but just a quick recap, is a period piece drama mostly set in the 18th century of Scotland, but in other times as well. It is an adaptation of a book series by Diana Gabaldon. And season two came out back in April of 2016. As I'm sure most of you know by now, this series stars Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen, among a bunch of others, even some that got introduced to this new season two that we did not meet in season one. But yeah, that's that's Outlander in a nutshell. Yeah. So let's dive in because we have a lot to cover. Let's do it. First episode of season two is titled Through a Glass Darkly. I looked that up because just the title alone was interesting to me. It's a 60s Swedish film where a schizo woman vacations on an island with her family and believes she sees God, but God is a big old spider. I have no idea how that connects other than everyone thinking Claire is crazy and Frank bugs her like a spider. <laughs> I got nothing. But no, also, it's a biblical thing. There's a poem. I'm, I'm not a dullard. It's used quite a bit. But basically, the meaning is you're not seeing shit clearly, Claire. You're looking through a glass darkly. Mm. So we open and what an opening it is. Not what I expected based on how the last season ended. I was confused for like the first full five minutes. Yeah, we learned quickly that what we're seeing is a time jump and we must spend, I assume, much of the season showing what led here which is always a risky but interesting narrative choice. Especially in the middle of a TV series. It's an interesting way to approach it. It is. And we start with Claire. She's on the ground in Crenadun. She's back in, quote-unquote, present, and is not happy about it. Uh, she also lost the plastic jewel out of the gumball machine-looking ring we learn. Later was for her future child. <laughs> that thing looked like crap. I mean, it was jewelry made in the 1700s, but sure. That, that's fair. Some poor schmuck finds her wandering the road. We learn it's 1948, which is roughly three years from when she departed. And she breaks down when she learns the fateful battle of Culloden did not change despite her and Jamie's attempts. Mm. We cut to Inverness after the intro, and good old Frank is seeing Claire for the first time since she disappeared as she rests in a hospital bed of sorts. She complains of the noise, and when he goes in to hug his long-lost wife, she pictures Rapey Randall from her 18th century days and cowers in fear. Good old Rapey Randall. Everyone in this whole show sees Randall when they try and have sex. <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> poor, poor Frank, he has done nothing wrong except be boring and have shitty ancestors, which I guess is an interesting thought. Like, basically, at what point? Are you responsible for your ancestors' bad deeds? N none points? Well, I don't know. It's such a gray area. Like, I could argue both sides. Like, obviously, yes. Of course, he didn't do anything directly. But on the other side of the token, like, hasn't his life probably been made easier? Or rather, like, hasn't he been afforded certain opportunities because of his family's standing passed down from the fact that his great, 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 whatever grandfather was a ruthless British officer. Yeah, but that's not that's not his fault. It's not his fault, but okay, I hate to talk about it, but a descendant of a wealthy slave owner. There we go. I knew you were going to talk about slaves. I think you should have to pay reparations. If we can genealogically prove that you are a descendant of an actual slave owner, I think you should be poor like the rest of us, you white bitch. I, I don't know. Not to argue for slave owners, <laughs> but I'm gonna... 
at what point does that end though? Never. Like is that is that fam so so for all of eternity, that family bloodline needs to pay for the fact that one shitty ancestor had slaves? Only because all of the ancestors have now benefited from the fact that they own slaves. How do you know that I I have a feeling you would have a really hard time proving that the entire family's wealth is hinged on the fact that they had slaves? Maybe not their entire wealth. Yes. Did it help in the time? Yes. But I think that over time that could have been different. They could have even prospered even more than they already have because of the leg up that they had for someone that sees time as a solid and unchangeable thing. I'm surprised that you also are willing to just put down the entire rest of a family's bloodline forever because one dude did a shitty job. Well, like I said, I could argue both sides. Yeah, but you aren't. I did. (laughs) Anyway, 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 this is a pro everybody podcast. We love everybody except for slave owners. Yeah, but their family doesn't have to pay for it. For once, I'm the good guy in this. This is I'm usually the bad guy that everyone hates, but I don't think there's a good or bad guy in that situation. Like just because someone like just because I was born into money shouldn't mean that I am punished for the fact that I was born into money. It should. Why? Because your ancestors were shitty. It's not my fault. It's not your fault, but I mean you still have to pay. You had a leg up based on fucking slaves doing shit for your uncle my uncle (laughs) my uncle yeah my uncle literally 10 years ago had slaves (laughs) jesus anyway (laughs) moving on frank finds her not of the times clothes weird there's papa paparazzi and we head to the reverend wakefield's homestead there frank pulls the male version of the viral 2008 song smell yo dick and if you don't know what i'm talking about pause this podcast and go check out Smell Yo Dick. Okay, I'm gonna, gonna I'll leave now. Just do I just leave? It's not a parody song. It's a real song where the protagonist wants to inhale the aroma of her lover's member to decipher whether or not he has had relations with another woman. That makes sense. And that was an extremely long-winded way of explaining that Frank was sniffing Claire's bloomers in an attempt to gauge her fidelity. <laughs> I don't think he was smelling her bloomers, but okay. While Claire pours over history books on Culloden, Mrs. Graham pours her tea. Claire wants to know what happened to Jamie, but Mrs. Graham tells her to lock Jamie in her heart and move forward with Frank. So it's clear that Claire has told her everything. Like everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Presumably later that night, Claire finally invites Frank into her room. Her actual room, that was not a euphemism for her generation-spanning vagina, that belongs to Jamie now. Mm -hmm. She tells Frank about her past two to three years away, and he swallows it all. And his responses are so saccharine that it's almost as if Claire wants him to be angry, wants him to push her away and give up. It's pretty shitty, in my humble opinion. And then when she rubs it in his face that she's pregnant and it's not his baby, and he lunges at her and snarls like a chained dog, then he's the bad guy because he had clenched his fist in her general direction. Yeah, I think we have a question about this so we can get deeper into it. But I kind of feel like Frank didn't do anything wrong and Claire most certainly did. Yeah. And the fact that she expects him to forgive her but she has trouble forgiving him for just like looking like a dude that almost raped her is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Frank is the victim in all of this. No, it was not Claire's original fault. Like, obviously, we, do, we can't blame her for having to get stuck in the past. And I don't blame her for marrying Jamie while she was there, given the circumstances. But yes, she didn't need to have sex with him continually. She also didn't have to have a chance to come back and decide, meh, no thanks. Agreed. She made a choice to marry Frank 
And I am old school. Once you do that, you don't mess around or give up and get a divorce. You made vows. Stick to them. No matter how hard the road gets, you time traveling quitter. I would have been perfectly fine with everything she did if we were under the impression that there was no way for her to get back to her time. Right. Once that episode hit where she could have gotten back and didn't, that was it for me. I was like, no longer a Claire fan because like she just chose to leave her husband just back in olden times just so she could hang out with this buff redheaded boy. Yeah, we mentioned it, you know, Frank clenched fist it reminded me of the arthur meme you know pbs arthur where he just has the clenched fist that that was frank mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. frank's anger sends him to the reverend's shed which he uses as a rage room now full disclosure i had written a whole joke here where the punchline was clay aiken like the pots were clay aiken i realized that american idol season two was like 18 years ago and that clay aiken sucks almost as much as that pun itself so Here we are. I still tangentially told it. You're welcome. I love when you tell these stories about how you were going to make a joke, but you were above it. But then it turns out by telling that story, you made the joke anyways, which is kind of like a time paradox in itself. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for not telling the Clay Aiken joke that you then told, I guess. You're welcome. Frank apologizes to the reverend, confirms he's sterile, which is irrelevant, and uses profanity in front of little Roger. More on him later. Poor Roger. The Reverend suggests that Frank raises Jamie's child as his own, and he presents the plan to Claire. They're going to move to Boston, where Frank will teach at Harvard, under the condition that Claire never speak of Jamie and Frank never use the word flog again. How many people use the word flog? I guess, I guess maybe in like the forties it was different. Forties Britain used flog a lot. Yeah, I guess flog was just like in the normal repertoire. <laughs> yeah. Surprising. I would have had so many more conditions. Yeah, that's not many conditions. We need to eat pizza at least twice a month. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. You're only to wear thongs. And no matter how much the (laughs) child begs, we are not getting a goldfish. That is not a real pet. It's barely a step above a houseplant. And damn it, Claire, I'm not going to stand for it. Because he still loves her, even though she was gone for three years and fucked another dude. (laughs) More on that later. And also, she agrees to have Frank burn her old clothes in the backyard like a redneck. She should have at least used the flames to grill up some cheeseburgers. Just saying. Or like make some money and donate it to like the Highland Cultural Society or something. Mm -hmm. Like in the letter, it said that it was really valuable and then they burned it. I would have saved it 50 years and then sold it on eBay personally. Yeah, just make up some shit like we found it in a closet somewhere. Like (laughs) who cares? Anyway, there's a cool transition of Claire watching her clothes smoke into her on a plane in Boston. The big city is very different from 1700 Scotland, and we transition yet again with Claire's hand reaching out to Frank, departing the plane, into her reaching out for our man, James Fraser. Thank God I thought we were going to have to go this whole episode without seeing Jamie. Yeah. That was a close one. We are in 1744 France, so around a year since she first went back to the past. They're arriving in France from the boat trip we saw them end season one on, and Murtaugh, we now know his name from watching season one, thinks France reeks of frogs. In their in-room, Claire and Jamie talk plans. Jamie's still feeling the effects of Randall's abuse, but thinks they should help the Jacobites win the war instead of thwarting it. But Claire explains that she knows nothing about that there war stuff, so stopping it is the only way to quell the death and destruction already written in future history books. Mm. They tell Murtaugh the bare minimum, and he's like, 
that'll do, pig, that'll do. And he's willing to go <laughs> along with it out of trust to Jamie. Murtaugh is my favorite character in the show. He's a loyal godfather. I would never do anything unless I understood it fully. Here's a question for you. Do you think that there is a minuscule chance that Murtaugh is Jamie's dad? His dad? No, his I don't dad. think so. I, I don't. He I don't had so. a thing with his mom right before they got married. Everyone had a thing with his mom. Even that cow dude had a thing with his mom. <laughs> that is true. His mom was the trollop. We had that for a question last one. So who was the trollop? Jamie's mom. Yep. They go visit Jamie's cousin, Jared. Every Jared I've ever met has had a ponytail, and so does this guy. It checks out. They tell Jared that they are so pro-Jacobite that they need to meet the higher-ups and go full-on hypocrite and show off Jamie's spiral-sliced ham of a back as proof that he's a ride-or-die Jacobite. Mm -hmm. Claire's okay if Jamie's pain gets used, but only if it's by her. Cool. Yep. Jared agrees to broker a meetup if Jamie and Claire will run his wine business while he's away on a trip. They also get 35% of the profit and room and board. And since they'll likely have to wait around anyway, since it's not like you can just email the leaders or text them, it's a no-brainer, really. It's a great opportunity. Uh, I can't believe I wrote, I wrote that down and said it out loud. And if you're hearing all this, I didn't edit it out. Uh, <laughs> that joke was so bad that I thought you just mispronounced it and I was going to correct you. And then it dawned on me like, oh, no, he was making a terrible, terrible wine joke. And then I left it in, baby. That was worse than the Clay Aiken joke. <laughs> I didn't tell that one, though. I only yeah, told you did. The you did. Well, you should have told the story about how you were going to tell a joke about grape instead of great. Ugh, gross. Out on the docks, Claire notices a sick body being carried off a ship with corresponding commotion. She follows it to a building and pushes through the tumult to use her expertise. It's the pox. Yeah, it is the smallpox, which she notes she's immune to since she's been vaxxed in the 40s. The ship's captain, Le Cunt Saint Germain. I know it's count, but they don't give give it the O, which I guess is true of many cunts. Get it? Give it the O. Anyway, this guy is an insta villain. They want us to hate him, but he's no Randall. Like he could never measure up to Randall. Maybe there's more rapes. Probably. This show's just sex and rapes. It is a lot of sex and some rape. He basically wants to keep the pox on the DL, even though the law requires his ship and all of its contents get destroyed. He says that Claire and Jamie will pay a price. Dun dun dun. Now imagine this, David. Imagine I'm I'm imagining if this held true today. And if like one of the fry cooks at McDonald's got COVID and the city stepped in and was like, sorry, dude, your building's toast. Like along with all your frozen McNuggets and Happy Meal toys, you're allowed to watch your business go down in flames, but otherwise, GTFO, we're burning down your McDonald's. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. That'd be wild. We would have had a lot less COVID deaths. <laughs> All right, let's burn down McDonald's. This is the problem with our society. This is a pro-burning-down-McDonald's podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, so they watch the ship burn, and LeCunt looks angry. Episode one in the books. I think they should have just burned LeCunt at that point, too. Yeah, guy is a dink. Well, if he was on the ship with the Pox folks, then shouldn't he also be destroyed based on law? There is a question related to that later. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I guess we will. All right, episode 13. Dragonfly in Ember, which is a reference to season one. And Jurassic Park. And also Jurassic Park, yep. So we're seeing a black and white TV show called The Avengers. I had to do some research to find that, mm -hmm. but I did. It pans out from the TV a minute or two later, and we see a bunch of kids and a young gentleman watching. He looks kind of sad. Some girl comes in asking him to return to his guests. At this point, we get a timestamp. We are in 1968. Wow. What is going on? 
He gives a little speech. Apparently, he was the little boy Roger who heard Randall fucking earlier. And he was the son of the Reverend. And we find out that the Reverend is now dead. I mean, dude must have been like 90 in 1968. It's not really that much of a surprise that he's dead. No. Everyone's acting like it's a big surprise. It's more of a surprise that Frank was dead. Yes. Agreed. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So we do find out that Frank is also dead and Mrs. Graham is dead too. So just everyone's dead, (laughs) surprisingly. Everyone that I like. Yeah. All the good characters. Old Claire is still there. She's here. And she is with a young girl who we learn is her daughter, Brianna. Or Brianna. After seeing old Mandy Moore in This Is Us, I'm always hypercritical of ageifying of actors, and I don't know how I feel about older Claire. I think the gray streak is too much. I think that was like a hard 60s thing. Is She looked very 60s to me. So I think it was just, it was, they were also trying to sell the fact they were in the 60s. But okay, I agree that I wasn't a huge fan of, of old Claire. But they decide to stay here a few days so Brianna can see the sights. And turns out Claire wants to get her hands dirty in some good old Fraser history. And we do learn in this, in this part here that Roger is a Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. More on that. Flashback time. So we are on April 16th, 1746. It is 723 in the morning. Jamie is walking with some young guy who is white haired and he looks like a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He tells him that today is not a good day for battle. Little boy doesn't care. We find out later that that is Bonnie Prince Charlie that he was talking to. Now, this is the closest I can get to a lost reference this episode, David. His speech about like Jesus and doubting Thomas it reminded me of Ben's speech to Jack in a season five episode referencing the same exact thing. It's a very similar conversation. They're talking about Thomas the Apostle. You can't fucking reference a conversation from the show. Yes, I can. I don't like that. at Lost all. nerds unite. No, all of you turn around and go home. <laughs> now we're back in 68 again. Roger and Bree, uh, short for Brianna, uh, are seeing the sights, having a grand old time. They visit Fort William. If only she knew that that's where her dad saved her mom from getting raped by her stepdad's great grandfather. (laughs) And isn't that also where her grandfather vomited to death? (sighs) Well, her great, 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 great grandfather. But no, because her dad is Jamie and Jamie's dad would be her grandfather. Oh, that's true. Good point. Did he vomit to death or did he? He vomited to death, right? Or did he just? I think he had a heart attack, but he died there watching Jamie. He did. Yeah. So. It's clear that even after this, Roger wants some of that Brie. And then 1968, Brie thinks her mom is a crazy person. We learn about this throughout most of it. But even now, she's like, my mom seems really distant and kind of weird. And Fort William is also where her stepdad's great-great-grandfather got his taste for his dad's wanker. So that was also something. But in the meantime, Claire visits Ollie Brock. It's just an old destroyed castle now. So she's visiting in 1968. We have another flashback. Claire has a plan to deal with the fact that Bonnie Prince Charlie doesn't want to stop the battle. She just wants to kill him. Mm-hmm. Cool. That'll work. We're back in 1968. Bream Roger chat by a lake and she asks about her parents and she references the fact that something weird happened in, when they were in Scotland in 1945. And he remembers Frank throwing his little temper tantrum in the shed and breaking some Claykins. <laughs> But really nothing, nothing much else. I just want to say there's a few scenes. Scotland can get it. Scotland Mm -hmm. is freaking beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, man. 
So Claire continues to dig into her past. She finds some documents about the transfer of Lolly Brock to Wee Jamie. No, not his penis. The other Wee Jamie. Bree confronts her mom and says it just seems like she didn't love her father. Like, did you even miss him? Did you even love him? Did Do you even miss him, bitch? She was already being bitchy at this point. Yeah. And I was not okay with it. But Claire's also done some shit, so. Mm-hmm. We cut back to 1746 and Dougal is now snooping in on the conversation between Claire and Jamie about killing the Bonnie Prince. Now, in the future, Dougal's great, 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 great grandson overhears Claire's other husband frank talking about something bad that claire did it's just these mackenzies are always hearing claire's husband talking about shitty things claire does so dougal is confronting the two of them he kind of comes in to confront them and starts to call them names and ask how you could ever do this we cut back to 1968 and roger and brie are out again on the town brie sees a woman talk and of the freeing of the scots and she wants to kind of bring the Scots back and and bring our way of life back. Guess what, guys? It's Galus, but now she's Jillian. Well, she was Jillian. Now she's Galus. I have a lot of things to say here. So number one, the song that's playing is I'll Be There. Now, I know it's taboo to like anything relating to Bill Cosby now, but I bought the album 10 years before he got in trouble. Do I just throw it out now? Like, I don't know. I already paid for it. I'm not supporting him anymore. Anyway, He has an album, Bill Cosby. Nope. Hey, hold on. You supported him. So now that you've benefited mentally from that album, all of your future ancestors have to pay money to rape victims. Sorry. (laughs) Way to go. I don't know that I... You done did it. You fucked it for your whole family line forever. (sighs) Okay. Oh, no. Well, all right. You done did it. I I will donate. I'll make a donation. Anyway, Bill Cosby on the album covers I'll Be There, and it is glorious. It's on YouTube if you're not afraid to listen to it. Being a criminal does not change your old art. There, I said it. But go check out I'll Be There by Bill Cosby. It's so much better than the original version. Anyway, I have two problems with this meeting in Galus here. One, everything Brianna has done so far, including this, would indicate that she has some sort of deeper knowledge about time traveling, etc. We learn later she doesn't. I just don't like that all of her dialogue, including this part, and all of her like weird glances, etc., betrayed me. Like I, f- I, I don't know about you, but I felt up until this point that Brianna, Brianna knew something. Like she had already knew the story from Claire. Did you get that at all? Oh, really? Yeah. No. I didn't. Well, what about like her dialogue where she's like, I like watching history happen when she introduces Roger to his great, 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 great grandfather's lover. Mm. I don't know. It just felt weird to me. Anyway, obviously, we learned she doesn't know anything. So I just felt betrayed. As a viewer, I felt betrayed. You felt betrayed for them not fulfilling your pipe dream? Yes. Number two, if Galus, we know it's her, is planning to travel back tonight, Mm-hmm. tomorrow whenever it is yeah within the next day or two why in the scottish fuck is she wasting time doing a goddamn college rally it makes no sense yeah i guess if she had the f- the full intention of going back to the past to change the past that was her whole argument was like she was going to go back to change it then this rally means nothing right why are you doing this yeah it's a waste yeah. of time yep yeah, I don't know. How about, like, I don't know, like, get some more supplies to help you in the past? She's not smart, so, I mean, there's a reason she got burned. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Cut to Claire, who is visiting Culloden. 
she actually sees her dragonfly in amber in a visitor center of Kalan, like a museum of, of sorts. And then she travels to the 90s and opens Jurassic Park. That's it. That's how it happened. So we have another flashback. Dougal cannot be calmed at this point. He's freaking out. He's losing his mind. I didn't love his acting at this point. I was just like, I wasn't a fan of this. I whole. Totally agree. I felt, I felt exactly yeah. like I liked him in season one. I thought he, I mean, he's decent enough. Like he's doing a fine job. His acting sucked. I hated it in this. Yeah. Scene. In this one scene, it was just like, Oh, I just don't like the whole like hands in the head or, or head in the hands thing. And it yeah. was just like, it was all me. But moral of the story is he, he's freaking pissed and they start fighting because, you know, he's going to kill them or they're going to kill Bonnie Prince, Charlie. And, you know, they end up killing him. Good riddance because I didn't like Dougal. <sighs> He's kind of been a lecherous jerk all along anyway, so I can only feel mm-hmm. so bad. But if I was Jamie, I'd be annoyed that Claire didn't step in sooner. Like, my wife, can't you see him dying here? Step up and at least sweep your leg or something. <laughs> you want her to sweep a leg? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But in the end, you know, she helped plunge a knife into his chest as the weird, annoying... <laughs> <laughs> noise happened when the the knife was going right through his heart. Mm-hmm. It was rough and slow motion and hard to watch. Cut forward to 1968. Bree and Roger are now looking through some old documents in the attic. He sings a song about rats and they find some stuff. If I was Roger, I would not have dared step foot in that attic. Send Fiona up there or something. When I was house yeah. shopping, if a basement looked like that, I was out. I refused to look at anything built pre-1960. Spider webs in my face just waiting to happen. Yeah, there was one house that me and Emily looked at when we were house shopping that was, they didn't show any pictures of the basement. And then when we got there, the realtor was like, hey, you want to go see the basement? And we went in down there and it was like, it was only like five feet tall. <laughs> so you had to crawl everywhere. The floor was dirt. The foundation was like actual stones held together <laughs> with concrete. And I was like, nope, get me out of here. I'm out. God, it was rough. But they did find some stuff about the Randalls and the family. More on that later. Mm -hmm. Flashback time. Rupert walks in on them just after they've killed Dougal now. So he's like about to freak out. Also, he has one eye. Fun fact. (laughs) Jamie asks for some time before he goes and, and rats him out. And he says, like, just basically because we used to have a friendship, even though you're dead to me now. Fine. You can have two hours. So Jamie has two hours to get his get his shit in order. Back to 1968. Claire now walks through Culloden, stops at the Fraser Stone, sits down next to it, and tells a nice long tale to Jamie's headstone, essentially, about Bree and how she's great and how she's named after his father, Brian. Mm -hmm. Bree finds an old newspaper clipping up in the attic or whatever. It is the newspaper clipping of the fairy, find a fairy or in fairies returned or whatever. I don't remember exactly what it said, but... This is when she thinks, oh, my mom just left for three years and went and fucked some dude. And and now I'm the bastard of that other dude, not my dad, which kind of right, but also not very right. So she confronts her mom for cheating and Clara then tells her and Roger the whole story. I like so she's like, I did the math like, OK, you did the first grade math and subtracted the fourth months of the year from the 11th month. Yeah, it's like you're going to Harvard. I think you could figure that out. I'm like, thanks. You could have also just been three months premature, Brianna, and now you're coming out the gate calling your mom a slut. Whoa. Yeah. It's possible that you were premature. Anyway. Crazy. I have a question for you, David. Okay. If your mom told you all of this, would you Mm -hmm. believe her? Yeah. As my mom stands right now, probably not. However, 
if my mom was acting weird for the last 20 years and distant and like I always felt like just in another world and real weird, would this then kind of make sense with all the things I knew about my mom up until this point? I would have believed her. See, I'm the exact opposite. I wouldn't believe her if she was acting weird all the time because then I would just assume she has a mental illness and she's coming up with some cockamamie bullshit. But if she was just like this normal ass woman and then she came out with this whole story that was like all these details, I'd believe her. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Brianna doesn't believe her. (laughs) Yeah, either way, Brianna really doesn't believe her and makes it clear for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So we flash back to Jamie telling Murtaugh that they murdered Dougal. And he's like, oh, well, finally. (laughs) (laughs) And they draft up a document transferring ownership of Lollybrock over to Wee Jamie Mm -hmm. because basically Jamie's like, well, I'm not making it out of this one way or another. So somebody's got to take care of Lollybrock. They give it to a little boy named Fergus to bring back to Mm Lollybrock. So this very important document they've trusted to a 12 year old (laughs) to get on a horse and ride all the way back to Lollybrock. (laughs) Also, I don't know how long, how far it could could be like 20 minutes. I have no idea. But they treat him kind of like a son. Like they have this very heartfelt goodbye. Yeah. They've been with this kid for a while. Like have had some kind of relationship with this child. We only get 10 seconds. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Back in 1968, still Bree thinks her mom is a crazy person. Roger and Bree chat at a bar. Roger kind of believes her or is just like still unsure. He didn't jump to conclusions so quickly. They run into Jillian. She says she's leaving tonight. Wink, wink. 1743. Claire finds a pamphlet of Jillian's from her speech that Brie had brought home. And she's like, holy shit, this is Galus. Whoa. She goes to talk to her at her house to try and like stop her from going into the past so that she doesn't, you know, die. But she only finds her husband who is drunk and just out completely out of it. And then she just steals some of Jillian's journals. Now, Galus having this notebook full of quote unquote research implies to me that she's had contact with another traveler. It's not like there are books on time travel. Like it would have to be from actual accounts. And it got me thinking, like, how does this timing work? Is there some sort of method to when you go back? Agreed, because it would feel very much like if Galus was trying to go back to a point in which she would be able to enact change with the uh, Highlanders and and the Battle of Culloden and all that, she went back like, what, two, three years before all the shit hit the fan? So like she timed it just right if that's when she wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. But also she went back after, you know, 20 some odd years after Claire, but then arrived back into 1743 before Claire. She was there a while before Claire got there. So she traversed an extra like, you know, however many at years, 30 20, years. Yeah. 22 or 23 years at least. So it makes me wonder like, is it random? But then you have the, you know, the proof that like she kind of went back to the time that she wanted to go back to, to enact change. So it makes it feel like she was aiming for that time. So my curiosity is spoiler alert at the end of this episode, Claire decides she's going to go back again. Cause Jamie might still be alive, but I wonder if she's going to use Galus's journals to like try and triangulate when she arrives back. Yeah, and I guess my other question is, do the travelers have some sort of connection when they're in the wrong time? Like, i.e., I don't think it was chance that Claire and Galus met. Really? 
And and there are some questions that reference the fact that Claire meets other travelers. I was under the impression was like, well, yeah, of course, you'd probably run into someone if Craig the Dune is the only place that you can go into the past. In the 1700s, there wasn't a ton of like mass travel. So like, sure, the chances of you running into someone nearby to Craig Nadoon would be good. But then we hear stories of like they meet other people who in might France. be in France. So yeah, I think I think there's some sort of pull for like these people to somehow meet. I think there's some sort of connection there. But anyway, interesting. But moral of the story is Claire reads those journals that we were talking about. Jillian is researching time travel and will be going through the zone soon based on what Claire has found. We have one or two or three more flashbacks. <laughs> one for a flashback. Jamie has a plan to bring Claire back to the stones and then turn back and fight at Culloden because he's going to die anyways. Bree and Claire in 1968 talk a little more. She wants to know more about Jamie, but she's still not on board with the time traveling. Anytime Claire brings up time travel, she's like, fucking cut that shit out. I just want to know about my dad. When Claire finds out that Jillian is leaving tonight from Bree and Roger, they rush over to Craig Nadoon. We also find out at this point that, like we talked about earlier, Roger's bloodline leads back to Galus and Dougal. I, this is, okay, I have to talk about this. So, okay. I don't understand that part. I thought that Galus was pregnant with Dougal's baby when she was burned alive. And I thought it had been implied that it was their first baby together because, like, their spouses just died. So, like, how is Roger a descendant of Galus? I can't wrap my head around that. When she was getting pulled out of the the church or whatever, the trial, the priests were yelling like, wait, she's with child, she's with child. So it kind of makes me feel like they waited to burn her until the child was born. Ah, okay. So even though she was... Even though it looked like she was burned like that day, like as soon as they left. Even though I, she was think that, crowd surfing with her tits out, they still yep. didn't kill her then. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason they kept her around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, that's the only way because... Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Claire mentions or something along those lines is like you were you were descendant like before they burned her, you were your descendant was born or whatever. I don't okay. know. But some something along those lines. Interesting. But we do have another flashback. Jamie and Claire are leaving for Craig Nadoon. He convinces her to go because she's pregnant. Apparently she didn't tell him that. He figured it out based on her periods. How romantic. Romantic. How romantic. You're paying attention to when blood comes out of my vagina. Jamie tracked her flow. Oh, Jamie. Oh, boy. They also say this child is going to be my child, which Mm. makes me think because at the end of season one, she was pregnant. So I was confused when they didn't have a child, but then they were this pregnancy, but it was a bunch of years later. So they must have lost that child. Questions on that later. I would assume. We go back to 1968 and they arrive at Craig Nadoon. Jillian has sacrificed her drunk husband or so it looks and enters the stone. Okay. So a couple things here. Number one. Do you think that Galus is destined to be burnt at the stake because she burned her husband alive? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe that is the fault of the stone. Like, if you kill someone as a sacrifice, you die that same way. Interesting. So because Claire didn't sacrifice anyone, she, she didn't die. die. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. It could hmm. just be a coincidence. Probably. But <laughs> who knows? Also, only people from the future can go back, question mark. Yeah, that kind of seems like that because Jamie in in their whole goodbye scene mm-hmm. touches the stone saying like, well, I can't go anywhere, so I can't come with you. Yeah, I wonder what the cutoff is. Like, as in, at what point can people start going back in time? Yeah, what happened if Jamie touched a stone and he went back to like 1400? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
it yeah I'm, it's weird i hope that we learn about that in future seasons but or is it only is it only women who could travel ah although in the end roger does say that he hears the buzzing and jamie never heard the buzzing who knows a lot going on there but seeing galis enter the stone has finally convinced brie she understands and she now believes her mother and they promise to always tell the truth to one another and it's very heartfelt and nice Jamie and Claire in the final flashback say their final goodbyes and she's about to go through the stone, but don't worry, they get one last fuck in and she gives Jamie the dragonfly and Amber that we saw again in Visitor Center or whatever for uh, for Culloden and she heads through. They last 13 seconds, which is almost double how long Simon lasted in Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> These ancient European men, man, they just they just can't. They just can't do it for longer than. Yeah. I mean, I, he was doing it with a, with a purpose this time. That's, I feel like that's he's true. just like going for it. There was no excuse for Simon. He just was a slacker. I'm just saying if Frank had only sniffed her bloomers earlier, he would have known. He would have known. <laughs> he would have known. He would have known. <laughs> we are back in 1968 for the final time this season. Brie and Claire are talking about how she believes now. And Roger confirms through a letter that he found from the Reverend that Jamie didn't die at Culloden, that he could still be alive. Therefore, Claire decides that she needs to go back. Two questions. Number one. I mean, 50 billion questions, but we could start with two. Two questions that I have. Mm -hmm. And I guess we learned this in season one, but I'm just kind of thinking about it now. We learned that the time difference when Claire travels was 202 years. Why was Galus's different? Is it because like she brought back certain rocks? I yeah, I don't know because they did talk about that, like how she brought certain gems with her and mm. the sacrifice and everything. So I don't know if maybe the gems will allow her to. <sighs> what if the gem in Jamie's ring was ah. actually kind of a sacrifice for her to go back to go forward in time? She lost a rock, and that's why the gem's missing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it, Dave. I like it. Mm. Mm. I do like mm. it. Now, the other thing here, we have to talk about Claire going back. I think that it's irresponsible beyond belief. Now, listen, you have a daughter. Yes, she's 20, but still, you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. You're 20 years later, so you still have you have no clue how the stones work. So there's no way to know if you'll get back in the correct time. Or are you going to be 20 years later and Jamie like died of old age because it was 1740s? That's the exact thing. Let's be re- realistic. The life expectancy in the 1700s Scotland was like late 40s. And never mind Jamie. I mean, he almost died like 16 times in the first season that we watched. Right. It wasn't even just from like regular life expectancy. It was just like he's always in the shit. He has more holes than a gothic teenager, and your back looks like a map of river tributaries. You probably ain't seeing 50, dude. Man, what a tributary joke. (laughs) Never thought we'd get one of those in. The odds of going back at the time that Jimmy is still alive when you're 20 years later, super slim, and you don't know if you can get back. Yeah, that makes me think that there might be something in Galus's notes that like gives her an inkling of how to point the direction of the timeline. But still, is uh, so is she going to go back to right after he put her through the stone? But then you're going back 20 years older, and he's still the same age. So he might just be like, ooh, gross. <laughs> he might be like, ooh, my daughter, though. <laughs> Because it was the 1740s. Just let the man die in peace and stay where you belong, you selfish British tramp. It's crazy to me. But I have a very strong feeling that she's going to bring her daughter back with her. 
Interesting. Do you think Roger's going back too? You know what? The fact that they showed that he heard the buzz kind of almost makes you feel like he is. All right. Like he has no he has no ties to this timeline anymore. Yeah, his dad just died. died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So why not go back and meet the guy who killed his dad? Interesting. His great granddad's dad. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out, David, because pretty much have to cover season three at this point. Yeah, you guys just love us so much. We're just going to have to do it. Now, David, we have so many questions, but before we do that, let's hit a center commercial. Center commercial time. That was my Scottish singing. I don't know what that is. Today's episode is brought to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for podcasters to monetize their podcasts. You pick the ads, you get a flat rate, and everybody wins. I am Podgo. You are Podgo. We are Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add the center cut in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. (laughs) (laughs) We teased it at the beginning, David, but we have... Seven trillion questions. Mm -hmm. 800 quadrillion questions. We just need to get into it. Now, let's get them. We had to pare down. We had literally like 80 questions. So I had to cut it down. We have 49 questions. Let's do it. Also, some of these, we have to be brief. Yeah, we have to be So we might not have like super explanations for some of these because there are just so many. Because we have 49 questions, you freaking savages. You monsters. First set of questions is from Mrs. Chicken Pam. Mrs. Chicken Pam. And this first question was also asked by I'm Steampunk Now. I'm Steampunk Now. I'm going <laughs> to sing every every name. Why does Claire have sex with the King of France? He's the King of France. You don't get that chance every day. You people are rowdy right out the gate. Right out the gate. I have to imagine that it's to further the cause in some way. Like, I can't see her straight up cheating on Jamie, though, in all reality, Despite the reasons, she did cheat on Frank, and once a cheater, always a cheater, but... Yeah. Also, do you think she fucked Frank at least once in the 20 years that she was back, and then she's going to go back again? She's going to go back and forth. Yeah. I am going to connect this to a later question, so I'll tease it by saying that she does it to get Jamie out of trouble, (sighs) similar to how Jamie was going to let Randall sex him up if he let Claire go at the end of season one. That's a good answer. I'm a smart man. Mrs. Chicken Pam also asks, who, besides Jamie... Gets raped by Black Jack Randall. Okay, so this guy is nearly trampled to death by cows, wakes up, and is like, guess I'll go back to the raping. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Absolute 100%. garbage person. Everything I know about Black Jack Randall, that makes perfect sense. He has got to be up there in terms of worst fictional villains, right? Yeah, he got up from being trampled and was like, man, I could use a good asshole right now. <laughs> he is just a bad, bad person. Uh-huh. The worst. I'm going to go with Jenny. He goes back for revenge since she laughed at his junk the first time. Oh, you think so? Mm -hmm. I think he stays on the boy train and it's Willie. Ooh. Because he's like young and looks like he would want it. Well, no, he doesn't want it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Blackjack Randall wants it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that my partner was a molester, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I meant Randall. Okay. All right. You get out of here. Next question from Mrs. Chicken Pam. What happens at the dinner party of the century? Obviously an orgy. Dinner party of the century sounds like something that the Duke of Sandringham would throw. I think that Jamie finds himself there asking for another favor this time. But I think this time 
he has the whole crew with him. And who's the one with the bad teeth? That's Angus, right? Angus. Angus, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think there's some faux pas where the Duke is like, can someone go to the kitchen and take the cock out? Referring to the Cocavan. And you know what happens next. I don't need to spill out the filth that transpires. <laughs> the orgy. The orgy. Yep. <laughs> All right. Our next set of questions is from Rezarine. A repeat offender. What does the key is the key mean? I think this is a reference to Claire's wedding ring, which we learned was a melted down key in season one. And I bet that Claire finally takes it off in the 40s or 50s and whatever time. And the why is a tease for another question. But I will say that her taking it off is necessary to do something. Oh, I just said that most keys operate locks. So the key is the key to opening a door. Okay, so it's for a door. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question from Rezarine. What does Jamie tell King Louis to eat? Potatoes. Like just doubling down on the fact that Lollybrock is now in the potato game. All right. I think he tells him to eat his entire Scottish ass. (laughs) No. (laughs) I believe you pronounced arse wrong. So many of these questions connect, or at least I'm connecting them in my mind. So more on this later. But I think that Jamie tells him to eat prunes or basically any stone fruit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Rizarine also asks, who is Bonton and what is his special talent? Le Hopital de Ras. Wow. That was very French of you, David. Thanks. Pardon our French. Mm-hmm. Now, this will tie to a few questions later. I hope I'm right with this one. I think Bouton is a dog and he is a little spy, a little spy dog who can fetch shit and then bring it to other hospital guests. He's kind of like a carrier pigeon, but not just letters. He does the big three, tinctures, teeth, and tampons. Bouton is a dog. I, I think Bouton might know how to treat smallpox. Okay. And that's his special talent. I guess we'll see that I'm right. So talented, wrong. Bouton. Next set of questions is from another repeat offender, Marif Marag. Oh, I remember Marif Marag. <laughs> Marif Marag. Is Black Jack Randall dead? He is now, but he wasn't at the start of the season. Like, he wasn't dead when he got trampled, but I think he's dead now, like at the end of season two. Yeah, I, I had thought he was dead at the end of season one, but I guess it was... I knew you were wrong. Yeah, I guess it was open-ended enough. But since this question is asked, I would have to say that, no, he was not dead, at least for some of the season. And I, I guess the question is really, like, if he was able to make the next link in the chain of Frank's relatives before he died... And obviously he did since Frank is alive when Claire goes back. So he had to at least be alive for a little bit of the season. But to make it easier, I will say that he's alive even when we end the season. Maris Morag also asks, if you watch television at all, you would assume Count St. Germain would be back as an antagonizer later in the season. How does he try to have his revenge for the loss of the boat? Well, number one, it's not Count St. Germain, it's Le Conte. And I think that naturally he would go after their business, which at the moment is Lavino. But he's kind of a little bitch from what we saw. So instead of just going in and poking holes in the barrels like a real man, I bet he just spreads rumors about around the city like, ew, their wine is lit trash. And since that doesn't work, he tries to put smallpox in the wine somehow. But then he gets caught and killed. More on that later, but. I also, I don't know how you put smallpox in wine. I'm not a scientist, but. Wow. I think he just tries to rape Claire. Wow. This show has a lot of rape. 
I don't like Lots it. Lots of rape. Not into it. Not a fan of rape. Just like season one, we are going to put a trigger list in the show notes if you do want to watch the full season. Next question from Marif Marag. In the first episode, Jamie and Claire were making plans to stop Culloden. In episode 13, we can see they weren't successful. Then why, when it came to it, did Jamie get involved in the rebellion with his men if he knew it was a lost cause? I think he was essentially trying to commit suicide. I think that he knew he was going to die anyways because he killed Doodle, and he was going to have to pay for that. And rather than facing that, he'd rather die a noble death on the battlefield for Scotland. This is a great damn question because I thought the same exact thing while watching it. Like, why is this happening this way when they know that this can't happen? Like, he just kind of gave up on the plan to poison the Bonnie Prince. Like, what happened to that plan? Yeah, as soon as they killed Dougal, it was just like, nope, that's gone. I just, I think it's kind of like a last straw kind of deal where he's like, well, if you can't beat him, join him. Or rather, like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And by that, I mean, like, staying with the prince so he can find a way to stop him so the battle doesn't happen. That That's really the only logic I can come up with. All right. Purple4199 asks, why did Jamie end up in the Bastille? I thought about just doing that for my entire answer and then continuing it as you talked, but I decided <laughs> I decided against it. So the Bastille is a French prison, right? Yeah. I think that Jamie is being treasonous to the crown when he was meeting with the Jacobite leaders. I know that's a boring answer, but I'm trying to get some of these right after we bombed so horribly last time out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said he was there as a prisoner for conspiring against the king. There we go. So, so we're on the yep. same page. Yep. And next question from the cool Deadpool. And how did he manage to get out of there? There being the Bastille. Yeah. Yeah. He, he fucked his way out like the last prison he was in. Wow. I, <laughs> I, I tease. <laughs> is that too much? Too soon? I teased this earlier, but I think he is. Is it the dog? No, it's not the dog. <laughs> the, the dog bring of the keys? No, but that, that's a possibility. Inside a tincture? No. I think that he is pardoned by Claire sleeping with the king. Now, question Mm. for you, David. So she fucked his way out. (laughs) If Emily went to jail tomorrow, and I know that's not how our snail-ass justice system works, but humor me. Mm -hmm. If she went to jail tomorrow and Joe Biden was like, hey, David, about your wife, I'll let her out if you rub my legs in the pool and sleep with me. Would you do it? (laughs) See, that is is kind of backwards, though, because... Okay, if Jill Biden, then. If Jill Biden was... All right. (laughs) I guess, I mean, if I knew that they, that Emily was going to die in jail, like, because chances are it's like Jamie isn't just going to get a nice trial and no. get out right. <laughs> no, like, he's going to, he's dying. He's going to die in there for sure. Then I, I would, I would consider it yeah. to get her out of there and save her life. I, yeah, I would. I would in a heartbeat. That's why she slept with the king. Plus, I mean, Joe Biden's not terrible looking. <laughs> I don't know about King Louis. We didn't see him, but I imagine. Too bad it wasn't the Trump administration, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> Your kitten meow asks. Wait a second. Are you sure it's not your kitten me? Ow. I'm confident it's your kitten meow. All right. What exactly did Claire do to her honeypot? Okay, man. There's so many directions this could go because there are so many damn meanings for honeypot. First, I went to like a security trap, but that's more used now with like computers. But a honeypot can also be her vagina, obviously. These people are perverts that ask these questions. Mm-hmm. And it could also be like a sex trap, or it could even mm-hmm. be something that brings people in, like kind of like her season one boogie woogie bugle boy ploy. 
I've mm. I've even seen a honeypot be a reference for a chamber pot in ancient toilet. I'm so torn. I think I'm going to go with the sex trap, actually. Like, she hired some local sex workers to help lure in Prince Charlie. And then I'm going to answer this in another question. I think she, once she has Prince Charlie lured in, she has Bouton bite his butt. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> God, that's terrible. <laughs> Bouton will never do that to Bonnie Prince Charlie. We'll see. Yeah, um, I just said she spoiled it. She spoiled her honey pot. Honey doesn't, of course. Honey doesn't expire, David. It's the only food that doesn't expire. Yeah, but I was talking about her vagina. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she spoiled it when she let King Louis put his, his little tiny penis in there. All right. Next question for you're kidding me. Ow. Why does no. Jamie threaten to rape Claire? Because there was a long time that she didn't want to have sex after she miscarried the first baby. Wow, David, that is that is a dark answer. Yeah, but I think that it's the right one. I I don't think so. I, I the only thing I can realistically see here is doing it for show. Like I can't see him actually threatening her. It would put a stain on no. the so far clean slate that we have of Jamie Fraser. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a situation again like they were in with Lacant, and instead of her creating another whole problem, he's like, Sassanak, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna rape you. Like half in jest. I don't know, man. I just, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It reminds me of the season one finale. No thanks. Yeah, I could see the way you're saying, like, him using it to try and sell the fact, because they have a very different relationship compared to, like, a normal husband and wife in those times. Yes. So, like, I think I could see that as, like, him trying to sell the fact that he beats her and takes advantage of her. Which he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course not. Cucumber Melon 56 asks, how did Faith die? Based on the timeline, you mentioned this, the baby Claire was pregnant with on the boat in the season one finale is not the same one that she gives birth to. So using straightforward logic, I think Faith was going to be the name of the first baby and it was a miscarriage and that sucks. Or did they have the baby and then it died shortly after? Maybe. In a tree. So terrible. For my answer of how did the faith die, mainly from the priests raping little boys. Wow. So you went the word faith and not the name faith. Yes, exactly. Like faith in general in the church. I don't know, Dave. You got to have faith, faith, faith. So next question. Who is the white lady? Bonnie Prince Charles. (laughs) Have you seen a picture of Bonnie Prince Charles? I've seen him moving and I've seen a statue. Well, so you saw him in the you've seen him in the show. Yes. I think you need to go look up what a, the like what actual Bonnie Prince Charles looked like cuz he looked like a, a small white-haired woman. All right. So for who is the white lady? I went with Rachel Ray. <laughs> no. I think it's <laughs> Ellen. I think it's actually like a gayless like person, but in France. I think it's another traveler. Interesting who like they kind of think she's like a semi-witch mm-hmm. scenario. Yep. Yeah. That could be true. Who were the other two time travelers Claire encounters while in France? So I'm going to go with the white lady Mm -hmm. and somebody named Mary that another question asks about. And I think it's interesting. You touched on this very quickly at the end. I think it's interesting that all the travelers are women so far. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a capacity to feel or see things in a different way that allows them to channel the stone right. But what does that say about Roger? We don't know if Roger travels. I mean, he heard the buzzing. He did hear the buzzing. Jamie never heard the buzzing. Mm, yeah. So I think it was Montesquieu and Voltaire. All right. I don't think you're right, David. Both of them were, were ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. So Okay. 
Next set of questions are from Sweet Potato Pie. What do you think Claire's nickname was while in Paris, and who created this nickname for her? Salop. Which means? Which is French for slut. Ooh. And that dick, LeCunt St. Germain. I definitely think that it's something mean that LeCunt called her. And I had to look up a French translation, but my answer is Emmerdusset, which means shit stirrer. And I think it fits, given the proverbial <laughs> shit that she stirs up. Wow. Emmerdusset. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What does Claire's favorite apothecary in Paris do for Claire after she ends up in a hospital? I think this is the white lady, and she gives her hangman's grease. Now, that will make more sense in a couple questions. And look at me. I'm connecting all these questions to logic out answers. I'm so smart. Yeah, I did that too, kind of. I just said, gives her damn drugs. What kind of drugs, though? Doesn't matter. (laughs) She just wanted to get high. All right. Next set of questions from Ken It All There. Also a repeat offender. It's just Knit All There. Knit All There. (laughs) Who is the old fox? Murtaugh. (laughs) Now, we were wrong about Wee Jamie being Jamie's little member, but I'm feeling better about this one now that he's finally had some experience with Claire. This is now what Jamie calls his penis, the old fox. No, I I think that old fox is the name of Claire's doctor in the French hospital. They call him that because he has a big bushy mustache. It looks like a fox tail. And I'm pretty confident that I'm not even close on on this one. Yeah, you're definitely. I mean, we're both probably wrong. But what does Jamie steal from the red coat army? He steals their battle plans, but alas, they don't go as far out as Culloden, so it doesn't help. And for the reverse question of what did a member of the Redcoat Army steal from Jamie, it's his anal virginity. Lock it in. Mm-hmm. His manhood. Yep. So I just think he stole a bunch of Redcoats, and I have some reasoning later. I want to hear it now. No. I actually don't have any reasoning for it. But it's fine. <laughs> It comes back later, but it's not really reasoning as much as an answer to another question. Next question. Same user. How does Claire save Frank? She stabs a dude. What dude? So she she now has that like that training from her time in the Highlands. And there's some kind of situation where they're getting robbed or something. And she just stabs a dude right under the right under the ribs like like Angus daughter. Uh, my answer is going to be a little bit out there. It's a show about time travel where Claire pulled a dead baby from a tree, so anything is possible. I think Frank is choking on some food, and she has to take off her ring, her key ring, so she can fit her finger down his throat to pull out the chunk of bread. And that's where you think she said the key is the key? Yep. Oh, the worst. (laughs) That's terrible. I had so high hopes for your argument for what that was, (laughs) that you you let me down. Uh, (sighs) (laughs) What is Hangman's Grease and who gives it to Claire? So Hangman's Grease sounds like something that would speed up a death, like lubing up the machination of a hangman. And I think that the white lady gives it to her to poison LeCunt, or she gives it to Claire to help her speed up the miscarriage. I know that's dark, but it fits logically with the story that I've created in my mind based off these questions. Oh, the Hangman's Grease kind of just like, finishes that yes that whole situation out huh yep that's not a bad guess thank you my guess was ky lube it's just like sex lube who gives it to her and voltaire is the one who gave it to her (laughs) (laughs) i think my answer is probably right and yours is probably wrong i mean yours is probably isn't right but it's probably Closer. closer than mine okay fair enough next question same user how does claire diagnose a diabetic woman 
Yeah, I think this connects to a later question. I think she drinks some pee. 100% lock it in. I'm confident. She pulls a reverse R. Kelly and she tastes this woman's urine. Mm -hmm. With whom and why does Jamie duel? This one's easy. It's a black Jack Randall and he does it during one of the Jacobite battles. And I think like they just see each other on the battlefield and that's really all you need at this point like they could have seen each other at the grocery store picking out mangoes and that shit was bound to go down no i I think a duel is more gentlemanly than randall would give to jamie i think this is is lecunt saint germain oh i think this is how they deal with him um and he wants to duel as payment for the bird bow but then jamie just fucks his shit oh okay next set of questions is from cj mac cj mac Who is Frank's great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother? So the grandfather seems really easy. I feel like that's definitely Blackjack. 100%. Grandmother is a little bit more tricky. I think Leary. I went with Leary too. I think think that she gets with Randall out of spite to Jamie and Claire because she, like Randall, is a garbage human and I hate her. Yeah, I'm on the same page. What rival of Jamie's actually died of smallpox? So I feel like this is 50-50. It's either LeConte or Randall, because those are the two rivals that we know of. And I'm going to kind of use some meta thinking here. And I believe that since we won't see much of Frank in future seasons, since he's dead, I think they'll still want Tobias in the show. So I think that we'll see more Randall. Therefore, I'm going to go with LeConte, but more on his death later. Hint, hint. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's backjack. I think he died of smallpox. I think after all this, like you want Jamie to kill him and then it's just like, surprise, he's dead of smallpox shortly after he and Leary have their child. All right. I guess we'll find out. Mm. Last question from CJ Mack. Prince Charlie is bitten by Randall's snake. (laughs) Randall has a snake. Uh, Yeah. Pet snake. No. No, you've seen it. You've seen a snake. (laughs) Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So then why wasn't your answer Prince Charlie for who he rapes? Because Randall rapes all kinds of people, man. (laughs) I'm laughing, but it's really not funny. He's a bad, bad man. Mm -hmm. I teased this before, but Prince Charlie is bitten by Bouton, the little hospital dog. And I bet that Claire (laughs) sends him to do it. One of the big three three T's. Stupid. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is Bouton. If you get that right, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) If that's a dog, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. All right. Wanders Far asks, who decorated their nipples with swan pasties and what was the special occasion? The Duke of Sandringham for the dinner party of the century. <laughs> we know he had a special relationship with Randall. So, dudes, he gets a little freaky. Do you think that was the special relationship? Swan pasties? No. Do you think, like, Randall was giving it up to... Oh, they were definitely fucking. Yeah. 100%. Lock it in. Interesting. I think it's Dougal. <laughs> Just because I can only imagine Dougal with... <laughs> swan pasties and uh it's because he just found another of the 100 girls that he's seduced over the course of the show guy is a man whore Mm -hmm. he'll just put his his snake in anything that moves next question from wanders far who watched louis the 15th take a shit and what advice did she or he offer the king so i think was this was claire and the advice was drink more water i mentioned it earlier very early on i think it was jamie And the advice was to eat some prunes, peaches, apricots, any of the like. I think the more accurate question would have been, who watched Louis XV try to to evacuate his (laughs) bottles? Now, as somebody who is in charge of making another man shit, my one-year-old, it's all about the stone fruit, baby. I am a poop pro, my friend. And Jamie told him to eat some stone fruit. It's also hydration. That's why I said drink more water. Why did Claire taste a stranger's pee? 
we answered this earlier, but doubling down, it was to diagnose diabetes in a woman, and that is taking yep. one for the team. Way to go. Same user. Next question. Mark me. Who's really into dildos? Blackjack, for obvious reasons. Probably. I went with Duke of Sandringham. <laughs> same answer. Yeah. Basically same I answer. I think they find them in one of his spare rooms during the dinner party. Lock it in. Cool. What character was predicted to die masturbating, and who made that prediction? I'm going to go with Angus. Dude's a <laughs> horny little devil, and I think Claire made that prediction, and I think he actually did die that way, since we don't see him with the rest of the dudes in the finale. Wow. Blackjack again, because he couldn't couldn't find an ass, and uh, Jamie made that prediction to get under his skin mm. at some point or another. I don't know about that one, but maybe. Who said Claire sucks the devil's cock and promised to see her in hell? Dougal. He's just really, really sad about the fact that she shot him down and went and saved Jamie. No, I, I, I think this has got to be LeCunt. But it's such a great line, though. Next time I'm at the grocery store and one of those middle-aged women leaves their shopping cart in front of their car instead of bringing it back to the corral, I am breaking out that instead of calling them lazy sacks of shit like I normally do. I bet they bring their carriage back next time. Like you suck the mm-hmm. devil's cock. Like what would you say if someone said that to you in, in person? <laughs> you suck the devil's cock. I'll see you in hell. Yeah. No, it's gonna be look <laughs> yeah, hunt. Real intense. Who got lice in their pubes? I'm torn between Angus and Randall. Now I googled, "Can you die from pubic lice?" I hope the NSA is not watching watching my computer. The answer is no. Now you can't. But in the 1700s, anything is possible. I just think that both of these guys freelance quite a bit. I don't want to be gross, but listen, this is a question about pubic lice. There's only so much I can do. I just think that Randall does all that butt stuff and the hygiene. It's it probably left a lot to be desired at the time. And I don't even want to think about it anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with whack sack Randall. So I liked your answer before of which character was predicted that I'm masturbating as Angus. And I think he got lice on his pubes. And then he was masturbating so much to itch because of the lice that it caused Claire to then say, you're going to die of masturbation if you don't stop. Ah, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Next question. Same user. What favor did Colum ask of Claire? So I think this was one of the only questions that we kind of got a hint of what the answer was. And I think he just asked her to help him die, essentially to kill him because he was in some kind of pain or in the process of dying. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think it was alluded to in the finale, like you said. And I think he asked her to take his pain away slash kill him. And she pulled a Kevork in and obliged. Do you think he's the one who had smallpox? Nope. Because he technically didn't die from the smallpox then. So that question wouldn't have made sense. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Itch habe kieran kase. I'll give you a 70% on that. Ich habe kane case. That's what I'm going to say. What piercings does the king's mistress have? Her neck, her back. She pierced her pussy and her crack, but mostly just her ear holes and her nipples. Is that a song? Yeah. My God. (laughs) You've never heard my neck, my back? Nope. Oh, man, you're missing out. Who gets their, their back pierced? No, it's not about no. It's it's oh okay. my neck, just referencing my back. The... Lick my pussy and my crack. Oh, lick I it understand. now, lick it good. Yeah, my answer is just nips. Yeah, it's a thing that probably didn't happen a lot back then, so I'm sure it was a very brazen thing. So you don't think do. she had her ear holes pierced as well? I don't know. Okay, I don't think so. All right. Did we see anyone else with piercings? Actually, no, we did not. I don't think so. Next question, same user. What kind of animal is Louise's pet? Snake. Doubling down. 
on the snakes. I'm dipping back into the Bhutan God well here. Damn it, Bhutan. Bhutan is Louise, Louise's little spy dog, and I'm going to go even further and say that I bet that he looks like Wishbone from the '90s PBS show Bhutan. Oh, you think it's a little tiny dog, huh? Yep. I was thinking bigger dog, like a mastiff or something. Mm. Nope, little dog. Interesting. Little spy dog, Bhutan. Ike Kind Case has another question. What product is being advertised when Jamie first meets Prince Charlie? Douchebag, get your douchebag here. I actually researched it, and douching has been around since ancient times, though it didn't explode until the 1820s. And douching is derived from French, obviously. And I just think it would be funny if we see this Prince Charlie character, and there's the, there's just this corner dweller shouting, douche, because it's the perfect pejorative for him. Also, Jessica, friend of the show, who suggested that we do Outlander in the first place, and also noted enemy of me once put douchebags on the hood of my car to protest my personality and I took them and my roommate and I drank beer out of them to spite her so take that Jessica that's what I'm going with douchebags that's gross hmm? my answer is dildos dildos and douchebags going back to the who loves dildos ah. I think this is the scene that that kind of nails that down ah so Prince Charlie was buying dildos mm-hmm. okay or maybe like you said there's just like some vendor in the background selling yeah. dildos and Murtaugh's like I'll have a few <laughs> Got nothing else to do here. (laughs) Uh, My true love is dead. Give me some dildos. I hope that's your quote. (laughs) That has to be your quote. My true love is dead. Give me some dildos. Remund asks, why is, but really, in those coats, the best line of the series? So Claire is not giving it to Jamie. And he says... I'm going to have to rape you soon. And she says, fine, we'll have sex. Let's go do it right over there. And he's like, but really in those coats, the red coats that he stole from the British. Wow. So they have sex on a pile of red coats. (laughs) That is a stretch too far for me, David. Nope, that's correct. I feel I actually feel kind of competent in that one. Wow. Maybe not the, the circumstances around it, but the fact that they have sex on the red coats. Okay. I don't think it's the best answer of the series. I submit Roger's rat satire as evidence that you're incorrect, Reddit person. But I am guessing that it was Prince Charlie who said it, that Bonnie little bitch. He reminds me of Snagglepuss, like, but really, in those coats? Cool Snagglepuss joke. Crazy Bedaisy has a question for us. Whose head gets violently chopped off? I'm going to go with Le Cunt de Saint-Germain, but the irony is that he was going to die of smallpox anyway so it was just icing on the top guy had it coming willie after randall has his way with him. wow ouch that is rough david next question is from where's el cura libertad ta-ta 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 nope there's not that many tatas in there it's nope that's exactly the number of tatas where's la cura libertad how did king louis pronounce porridge poor soup porridge it's all about elongating the uh, <laughs> it's just it's just fancy oatmeal, buddy. Is porridge fancy oatmeal or shittier well, this oatmeal? Is, I this led me to Google what is the difference between porridge and oatmeal. And it turns okay. out that all oatmeal is porridge, but not all porridge is oatmeal. Suck on that, David. So what other porridge is not oatmeal? Porridge that's not made of oats. But isn't that the defining fact the defining factor of porridge? Nope, it's the defining factor of oatmeal. <laughs> I mean, but does that make porridge fancier? I don't think so. No, probably not. Depends on the porridge. 
Depends on the porridge. <laughs> Depends on the porridge. That's what I always say. <laughs> I am Gizmo asked, who is Mary and why is she important? I think Mary is one of the travelers and the importance is self-explanatory. If I was time traveling and I found a bunch of other travelers, I would feel more secure, you know, like, hey, we're in this together. Plus, now there's another person who can burn to death to save Claire's life. Just more more traveler kindling. That's true. Just more buffers. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I think this is King Louis' mistress. Mm. And I think that she's important because of her pierced nipples. <laughs> Very important. Very mm-hmm. important. Same user. Next question. How does Claire save the men at the church? She cuts the rope and the bell falls from the tower and kills a bunch of dudes. Like the hunchback of Notre Dame? Yeah, kind of. Now, when we say men at the church, are we talking about those horrible-haired monk dudes from the season one finale? (gasps) Oh, I hope not. Those guys are really nice. Well, at least she saved them. Yeah, maybe this is a French church. I keep forgetting that most of the season takes place in France. Yeah, we don't know how much, though. That's true. She saves the men at church by telling them that God is just an idea, or better yet, a misrepresentation of what ancient people saw when they met an alien, and that they're wasting their time idolizing a false deity when they can just be good people who help their fellow man and not covet their neighbor's wife. Probably that. I thought of a better answer. Mine, I'm changing to, she tells them to stay away from little boys. How does Master Raymond save Claire? So unless I'm mistaken... I believe we hear a brief mention of Master Raymond as Fergus is supposed to be bringing the deed to him. Now, is he one of those horrible haired monk dudes? The master part makes me think he's like a Highland warrior martial arts dude, like a like a non rat above ground splinter, basically. And I think that he saves her by beating some dudes from the watch who were harassing her while Jamie was out battling redcoats. Yeah, that's cool. I think that he was a person treating people at the hospital and he treats a bad case of influenza that she has. Maybe. Next set of questions is from Neely Slaw. Do you think Frank is a pathetic pussy or a man of honor for taking Claire back with Jamie's bun in her oven? Oh, boy. I, uh, I kind of think that he's a pathetic pussy. And I don't love to say that, but my reason being, and even without taking the bun in the oven into consideration, if I heard that whole story, I'm assuming she told the entire story to him. They were up all night and she was telling him. Do you think she left out any parts or do you think like she told him the whole story? I mean, I think she probably went broad strokes and told just like the important details. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, do you think he told her or she told him that she almost came back and then didn't? No, I don't think she said that part, and I don't know that she mentioned, like, hey, I was singing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I just think that if Frank had privy to the whole story, then I think that he knows, or some part of him might know, that she could have come back earlier and instead kind of gave up and stayed with this guy, which makes her kind of a cheater more so than I thought in the first season, or at least the the parts that we saw in the first season. So I do think that he's kind of taking the easy way out by just giving like, here are some conditions and moving on because she kind of just cheated on him for three years. Yeah. Can the answer be both? Like I vote both. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that I could ever do personally. I'm not the selfless type like that. I'm not out here making anonymous donations and I will certainly not be letting Santa Claus take all the credit for the good gifts that my son gets this Christmas. What it boils down to is that Frank just truly loves her 
and this proves it. He loves her more than she loves him. And I think that is the sad, pathetic part. That's the pathetic part. I think that if you're, if you're giving in and know the fact that someone doesn't love you, but you're keeping them around because you love them, it's like, well, I should just move on then and try and find someone who loves me for me. Yeah, but I don't, I think part of the reason he's moving forward is because of the baby. He wants the baby to have a good life, which, which is honorable. But even after he almost like just punched her right in the face for when he, but he finally realized that he's sterile and it's not his baby. But he didn't. What in the one in his right mind would have made him even think for a second that they got pregnant before she left three years ago and she's still pregnant right now? Well, I just think like it's not a normal thing to happen. I just think like you hear as a man, you hear I'm pregnant and you just it makes the butterflies start flittering around in your in your belly. Mm. I've never experienced that. So I don't know. Maybe you will someday, David. Anyway, maybe. Where did they find Fergus, the boy in episode 13 who takes a deed to Lollybrock? Both Claire and Jamie seem super fond of him, and they even say that they view him as their own son. Now, I feel like a large majority of the season took place in France, so I think that they found him there somewhere. I'm going to guess wildly on this one, and I'm going to say when Jamie is pardoned from the Bastille, he asks to take fellow prisoner Fergus with him. And Claire was such a good lover to the king that he was like, fuck it, you can take the boy. Interesting. So you think that boy was in prison, huh? Yep. Would they send a little boy like that to prison? Yep. They didn't have juvie back then. Yeah. I just said that they uh, they found you know a small village that was all but wiped out by the Redcoats. Because so I would have a hard time believing that that kid was in France because he sounded Scottish in his accent that he had at the end of the show. Fergus is also a very Scottish sounding name. Yeah. But they could have given that to him. Yeah, that's true. But he just sounded Scottish, yeah. like in his accent. I feel like if he was French, we would have heard it. But yeah, I just think that when they got back to Scotland, there was a small village that was basically wiped out except for a few people and a little small Fergus was one of them. So they took him in. Okay. Next set of questions from unknown two three four five six one zero. What country does Bonnie Prince Charlie say he refuses to retreat to? Ireland, because it's never mentioned any time ever in this whole show. No one cares about Ireland, and it's right fucking there. <laughs> I went with Italy, and as an Italian, I can talk shit. It's okay. I'm Irish. I will not go to that stinky boot of a country full of fat, loud, hairy apes. Snagglepuss. Yeah. What does Mary say men don't do where she is from, Michael? David, you know me. I'm all for eating pussy. Phew. I do know you. I got it in with just one question to spare. Uh-huh. But yeah, knowing you perverts who watch this show, it's got to be something sex related. And that's what I'm sticking with. Snaggling that puss. Yeah, this question did make me feel like Mary was from the future. So I also think that they're referring to going downtown. Going downtown. Yep. Mm-hmm. And last question of all the questions that we've ever been questioned. Why does Claire ask Jamie to delay his vengeance? Because they're in a populated area and she wants to make sure that they can have angry sex when he gets mad. Wow. I'm surprised that you didn't get this one right, David. I think this was a softball. I think that she asks him to not kill Blackjack in their duel because she knows that if he dies, there is no Frank. And as selfish as she is, she's not heartless and she knows that Frank is a nice man. The end. But because of all the bad things that Frank Randall has done, shouldn't his bloodline have to pay for that? Yes, possibly. But I still... By not existing? Yeah, but in that moment, Claire's like, well, Frank's nice. I don't want to kill him. Hmm. You think it's the... She had the chance to kill Randall. 
And then she didn't. And then later she super regretted it as she saw her husband's hand get nailed to a table and then subsequently get raped a bunch of times. Yes. I don't think she would have passed up on another opportunity to kill Randall. I don't know. I think in the moment she realized, oh, shit. But then there's no Frank. Mm. Anyway, I guess. I can see where you're coming from that, but I disagree. All right. I don't think it's a softball. Okay. Well, fine. I think it's a ball. It's a ball. Well, David, let's just finish this baby up. We know what comes next. It's center counts. It is center counts, and I give this one a five for season two. Wow. The the last episode really drew me in. I don't know if it was the back and forth, the whole situation, or not knowing what was going to happen to Jamie or whatever, but I just, I, I felt I pretty pulled in by this last episode. Dougal's acting could have brought it down a tick, but I decided against it because it was only a few minutes. But yeah, I, I give it a five. I went with four out of seven, which is lower than my first season score, and I think just based on the solely on the ends of the two seasons, I prefer season one. I just think the first episode of season two was boring. The only thing that saved this was the finale for me in the whole gala stuff. It just opens up more questions about how the traveling works, who else has or is traveling and more. Yeah, they left it on a good kind of semi cliffhanger. They did. And we obviously we have more players in the game with Roger and Brianna and Reddit user Wanders Far asked if men could enjoy the show despite it being quote unquote mommy porn. <laughs> and I think the answer is yes. Yes, I love hand cream and candles, so maybe I'm not the best judge of manliness, but <laughs> I think that I think that men can enjoy the show. I think there's enough like history and intrigue built into it that it's not just completely about the love and fucking. There's some extra stuff in there, not to mention, you know, fight scenes, and duels and shit like that. That's interesting. But but yeah, I think I think men can enjoy this for sure. And wanders far. Not all men like battling stuff. Some men like me like romance. OK, yeah, it's OK. Not me, but Michael. Yeah, but me. You know me. And it's okay. I'm all for watching romance. <laughs> oh, stupid. Stupid, stupid. We both gave it positive scores. So we are Outlander folk. Yep. Begrudgingly. Yep. And we're going to do season three. So I got to go back and watch season all of season two. That is us. All the rest of it. Now, David, what do we have coming up? We have some fun stuff coming up here. So we've already done an Outlander Center Chat, so we're not going to do that. We will still have a new Center Chat episode coming out on the 30th next Wednesday, but it's going to be an Ask Me Anything. So if you listen to our last Center Chat, we asked for questions, absolutely anything, whatever people want to ask for us. But we're actually going to do two episodes to kind of set our timeline correct. And then 714 will be our next main episode where we will be doing a Clockwork Orange with comedian John Bubble. Yes, John is on Instagram at Good Morning I Hate You, which great Instagram handle, great Instagram handle. And just a another note on those two Ask Me Anything episodes that are coming up next after this. It's too late to ask questions at this point, so if you're listening now, sorry you missed the boat, but you should still check it out because we are going to be candid and answer some very interesting questions. Well, David, I just again want to take the time and say thank you for being here. We love you, and you know me. I'm all for hit and follow. Hit and follow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all for hit and follow, and I'm also all for sending my feedback to the centercutcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we've already taken up a lot of your time, but go check us out on all the social media stuff. Yes, please. Like the blade between the ventricles of Dougal's heart, it's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>